Blog Talk Radio. You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. November 17th, 2011. Thanks for uh, tuning into our show. Our call-in number, 347-826-9170, if you'd like to come join in on the conversation. And as always, I'm joined by, uh, by or with Donna Smith as we continue to share with our listeners and followers of Truth About Truck and Live information that we find relevant to helping professional drivers achieve a more successful career within the trucking industry. One thing that's great about this program is that it's broadcast around the world via the Internet, available 24-7, 365 days a year, specifically through our archive shows, reaching a uh, global audience. And I continue to receive emails from drivers and those interested in a driving career from around the world and listeners throughout the uh, U.S., Canada, South America, all through Europe, just literally around the world. And I really enjoy the emails uh, everybody is sending me about the show. You give me some great ideas for upcoming shows, and it's always interesting to communicate with a listener from like the U.K. or Japan or, or even Africa. I heard from a first-time listener of Truth About Truck and Live just yesterday from Australia. So I really appreciate everyone tuning in when you can. I know many of our listeners are drivers, of course, so many of you will catch the show from the archives but just whenever and wherever you can, Don and I appreciate you tuning in to our program and, and keep bookmarking us and adding us to your favorites. We really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, well, Donna, I guess I receive most of the emails from listeners around the, around the world, I guess, but uh, I've shared some with you, like the one from Africa, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, hi, hi everybody. Um, yeah, we get actually quite a few um, from um, Africa. Um, I don't, maybe not specifically to you for uh, concerning Black Talk Radio, but I know the blog on the contact form, um, which you know just blows me away. All the different countries that um, write to us, either you know say they enjoy reading the blog or the radio show, or you know things like that. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting ticket when they come out of the country like that. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Most of the ones I hear from Africa are the ones hoping to come here, you know, someday and right. and drive and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it's really cool. I, I really like it. And uh, keep the emails coming. I enjoy communicating with people from uh, places that I will probably never see. But it's, it's, it's really interesting talking with everybody out there. So uh, another show for you this evening while we uh, all get ready for the upcoming holidays. Our guest this evening is David Hancock, the CEO of 
Hajon Incorporated, the manufacturer of the Dynasys APU, which many of you have been hearing a lot about lately, and, and there's a reason for that. We're going to talk about the anti-idling laws and discuss the auxiliary power unit as an alternative to anti-idling regulations and what it means to the owner-operator and trucking fleet owners. So you have questions for Mr. Hancock, our number is 347-826-9170. APU Anti-Idling Alternative, our show this evening coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Someone fired a gun. Cook hollered, Big John's coming, save yourself and run. Don't hesitate, contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town. Big John's Hey drivers, how many times have you finally decided to take a break from the sleeper, follow the signs of that hotel just up the road, and when you got there, they didn't have the parking space for a big 18-wheeler? Well, if you're like me, it's happened more than once. Aggravating, isn't it? Well, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Hotels for Truckers.org was created by a trucker for truckers and is the most comprised database for hotels across the country which offer parking space for commercial vehicles. No longer take a chance of whether or not that long-awaited hotel break will accommodate your big rig. Know for certain that you'll be able to get in where you can fit in. Choose from thousands of trucker-friendly hotels stretching across the nation, and you can also get great discount and specials through HotelsForTruckers.org. Included in their extensive database are the addresses, phone numbers, and direct web links to the hotels. And if you use a hotel only one time a year, you can take advantage of the $10 annual membership fee, which allows easy access to view hotels that offer additional CDL trucker discounts, nationwide hotel chain discounts, and even room coupon specials. As a professional driver, you have enough stress to deal with out on the road, so have the peace of mind knowing that the hotel you choose will have all the driver amenities that you need. Hotelsfortruckers.org, guaranteed in making sure you get in where you fit in. That's Hotels, the number four, truckers.org. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is. And many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since trucks were first used by the military in World War One. If you're considering starting your own owner-off business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, the truck is yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month and sometimes even less. 
A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilt's, Volvo's, Internationals, and Freightliners, and all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Our number three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. Our guest, David Hancock, CEO of Hodjohn Incorporated. Their website, Hodjohn.com. That's H-O-D-Y-O-N.com, and they're out of Texas. And I have two uh, two Texas numbers up here. Um, welcome, first of all, welcome everybody in the chat room. There, I see you coming in there, and uh, we have about. Oh, 20, 25 callers on the line. So we have 50 lines here, so plenty to go. So feel free to call in. And uh, let me see if uh, this Texas is the right one. David, is that you? I'm here. Oh, I got the right one. I've, I've got I've got a couple Texas numbers up here. I wasn't for sure which one was you. Well, um, well welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Alan. Well, listen. Uh, I guess just let's start off. Just tell us a little bit more about David Hancock, and uh, you know about you know your background, and kind of just a little bit more about yourself. All right. Well, I'm a, I'm pretty much a native Texan. I've been in Texas since I was one year old, and uh, went to school here, and, and kind of got the entrepreneurial bug that your previous commercial was talking about. Um, it can happen in manufacturing. It can happen in trucking, and that is part of what America is. I agree. I got that bug when I was just 23 and uh, got into rebuilding air conditioning parts and then transitioned into making new air conditioning parts. And we'll fast forward all the way uh, 15 years later. It was 2008. And as you know, the world kind of came to an end for, for most people who are entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. Stock market crashing. Yeah, stock market crash. We had a couple of our big customers go out of business. Um, China knocked off our product we were making, so now we had no profit. And we had been selling some parts into the trucking industry and were and was fascinated by the idea of an APU. And so in 2008, we decided to get rid of our automobile manufacturing, and we were able to sell that manufacturing division. And we developed our own APU. Um, really, it took us about a year and a half to make it, and we kind of launched it at the beginning of 2010. And really, 2011, this year is our first year to have a, have a heightened sales presence and push in the marketplace. And as you know, you and I met uh, probably four or five months ago because of both of us being interested in the, in the trucking industry. And uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at. We've, we've been around the APU space only two years, but we've been doing manufacturing for almost 20. So that's, that's a little bit of my story. All right. Well, I know the uh, and you kind of came in at a good time with all these anti-law regulations and everything becoming uh, uh, more enforced throughout the country as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, 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 there are several market drivers or value propositions for an APU. Of course, the biggest one is the price of fuel and the difference between what the engine burns and the an APU burns. But there's also 26 states with anti-opting laws and. Um, there's additional creature comforts uh, added for APU, and, and finally, the, the truck maintenance costs will be less because if you buy a truck with 200,000 miles on it and it has an APU, 
it only has 200,000 miles on it. If you buy a truck with 200,000 miles, no ABU, it has some unquantified amount of hours on all those parts under the hood, on, on, on everything that the belt touches and everything that the fuel system touches. And so um, the components and the accessories of the engine will last longer if you shut it off every day. Well, sure. Well, let's look at, um, I mean, as far as these anti-law regulations, I mean, they're, you know, they're becoming more enforced. And, I mean, I don't, uh, might be a question you don't know, but do you, I mean, do you see any laws coming in the near future to enforce, you know, companies to provide an APU for their drivers or anything like that? You know, I don't. And um, part of the interesting uh, format of this show is because you have so many drivers that are calling you, it would be nice to ask some of them what type of enforcement they're seeing out there because each state has their own law. And, of course, some of these states are broke. So I don't know if they have any money for enforcement right now, but maybe some of them are looking to enforcement as a revenue driver. And so that would be an interesting question tonight um, for everybody. But, you know, uh, we, we actually uh, – we're a small company, but, but we do have um, a couple lobbyists in uh, Washington, D.C. that we employ that keep us abreast of what's going on and that we, that we will make different pleas and, and make different pushes to them to um, help us with regulations. And my goal – is never to have legislation to force people to buy something, whether it's an APU or something else, because maybe somebody is tandem driving and they don't need an APU, or maybe someone um, uh, prefers to stay in a hotel. Uh, I would hate to see, um, you know, capital expenditure forced upon drivers. What I'd rather see the government do is spend more money to let APUs become accessible to those that do want them. And there's actually some. Um, some grants have come out of the, the DERA fund, the Diesel Emission Reduction Fund. And right now, um, there's actually a grant you can get to get our APU. Um, it, it, it only pays 20% of it, and there's still 80% to go. But that's that type of rules I would rather see come to make it more accessible, to make it more affordable, than to mandate um, an expenditure. Because, you know, the EPA has been mandating all the way back to what was it, 2006, when you had to go to the Tier 4 engine, and then two years later, DPF, and then three years later, you have to go to the SCR systems and truck prices are going through the roof. The last right. thing you need is, is more forced purchasing. And, of course, there's also talk about data loggers. That would be another purchase. And so I'd rather see the government get out of mandating equipment. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and Donna, you know, I was talking about it earlier. I mean, the only reason I brought that up was because uh, – uh, well, mainly, you know, thinking about the company drivers. Well, that's that's a whole a whole another ball of wax because um, company drivers, uh, you know, they're at the mercy of of their company pretty much. I mean, some drivers are even forced to pay for idling. Um, they there's no APU. I was reading an email today about a fellow who was in training. And there was no APU, and the trainer himself was arguing, you know, with dispatch and, and all this, and they finally gave them a motel, but then they would only give one night. And I mean, it was one of those horror story emails we get. And uh, <clears throat> then made him go home with the trainer, uh, and he said, I had to stay at this stranger's house with his wife, all his kids, and, and he said that was never in the orientation. So there there definitely is a need for them, that's for sure. And I think as far as mandates, I know we're overregulated as it is, but I think people should be aware 
that drivers are forced many times to abide by the anti-idling laws with no plan B for uh, their health and safety. And I I think the general public really needs to know about that. Hey, Donna, how are you doing? I'm great, David. How are you? Good to hear your voice. Thanks. You know, I think you make a good point. And so I would definitely support um, initiatives to force at least some sort of solution. So it doesn't have to be an APU. Maybe the maybe the fleets with the company-owned trucks have to provide a per diem for hotels or an APU um, right. or uh, something else. But I, I agree there's, there's a difference between forcing legislation that makes people spend more money and forcing legislation to make things safer or more comfortable. And frankly, they are safer. If, if a guy can't idle his truck and it's cold outside and he gets a terrible night's sleep and he's driving the next day, squirting vitamin in his eyes and drinking coffee like crazy, he's not as safe as if he had a good night's sleep. And, and that's, you know, and, and you never hear of any of that. You know, you hear of smart way and saving fuel and the environment, and which is all great. But no one talks about who's who's paying for that. And, and it, it usually is the driver who ends up paying for it, and nobody knows about it. When Alan wrote an article, I don't know, a few months ago, I was reading it today. It was really a good article uh, about smart way. And uh, and all these companies that get the rewards for, um, you know, uh, anti-idling and, you know, keeping keeping all the costs down and and the EPA and 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 nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes to achieve that. So I, I we've been telling new drivers, you know, ask ask the company, do they supply an APU? Uh, will they pay for a motel? Will they pay for your uh, truck stop electrification? Um, you know, see what they say about that, and uh, that's that's one way to to detect a a good company that actually cares about their drivers, because this this is an area really that that needs to be exposed. And um, you know, whether whether these fleets have uh, an APU or whatever, they just need a plan B to come up with to take care of their drivers. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, even if they're in a state where there's not legislation or the legislation isn't enforced very much, some of these fleets um, have mandates on the idle percentages the drivers have to maintain. They have to stay under 15% or 17%. And they, and they'll, they'll pull the data out of the ECM or out of the Qualcomm system, and then they will penalize, financially penalize the drivers if they exceed that. And um, so they get their you know, quote, green certification. Hey, they can, they can brag, our fleet averages 15% idle, aren't we great? But they didn't get there through an APU. They got there through bullying their employees. Exactly. I think um, one one uh, driver was telling us that they're charged $5 an hour, uh, which is, you know, ridiculous. Uh, that's, you know, I mean, you can get a, a TSC idle air or air dock or somebody like that for $1.99 an hour. Um, but still, is it really up to the driver? I mean, they really don't make all that much to begin with. And then to charge a company driver who sometimes is making $0.25 cents a mile, uh, it, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. Lots I'll tell of, you, let's... Lots of Go ahead, Alan. 
Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to – go ahead first. I'll do what I'm going to do next. I was going to say, you know, I, I was talking about the, you know, the, the financial benefit to an APU, the financial benefit to not idling, and, and, um, and the financial benefit to the engine not wearing out as soon. But um, quality of life is definitely something that Don is mentioning. And um, it, it seems like it's awful easy to ignore that when you're a big company. And I'm not here just to bash all the big fleets. And, you know, for example, Walmart is one of the biggest fleets in America, and they went 100% APUs, I think, as early as 2005 or 2006 when diesel was still under $2 a gallon. So yeah. there are people doing it right. But um, I think that your your callers and your audience is, is definitely aware of the quality of life issue. Yeah. Well, let's uh, well let's grab a caller. Let's grab this other caller from uh, Texas because uh, first I thought I thought this one was you. So caller is from a Texas area code two five four. So uh, go ahead. You're on the show. Hey, this is uh, this is Ed calling uh, from. Well, I'm up in Dallas right now, but I'm from down there in Bell County. Okay, Ed. Hey, I'm I'm in Austin. Yeah. So you used to be neighbors. That's right. No, yeah, man, yeah. I met you up there at the at the Dallas show. We we talked for a while about the iPods and the and the iPhones and all that good stuff. But, oh yeah, but, uh, I do remember yeah, Ed. Yes. Yeah, I'm and uh, and I'm, I'm I can contest to everything that is said. I I just recently got my uh, my Dynasys. I have only had it for a month. I got it on October 14th, and uh, couldn't couldn't be happier. Of course, I've never had an APU before, so you know. <laughs> Any, anything anything else is is weird to comparison, but but I tell you, I, everything. My fuel cost for the month of September was at sixty six cents a mile, and my fuel costs so far in the last thirty days have went down to forty one cents a mile. Wow. Yeah, and that's that and that's and, and I'm I'm one of those guys, and, and and you're talking about you know idling and getting sleep and all that. The one thing that I think that even my big company that I pull for here is they don't understand just how much electricity is required for a driver to, you know, live, like for laptops or cell phones and 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 uh, a television or, or or anything like that. But that kind of stuff pulls the juice from the battery, and that's that's when the truck has to idle. And having that APU keep my batteries charged or even provide me with electricity, that's that's a plus bonus there because that was my main concern was was keeping keeping my 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 battery from dying you know when i when i tried not to idle oh well, yeah well what well what uh, i mean i'm sure you did you did research on other apu units well yeah i did in fact i was in shoot i i, I mean i was in shopping mode for for almost 3 years and the biggest i, I tell you the biggest thing was getting financed and yeah. like I said, I'll, I'll contest right now that no turn down policy uh, through the dynasties is 100% true, and and it, it helped me out, and that I was able to do that. And qualifying for the loan is is one is a awesome too because no down payment. The 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 grant covered the down payment, and well, so that, the, that the, was the, the number one. That was that was the number one selling point. That was right okay. there. That's what I was going to ask you if that if that played a key role in uh, in your decision there, but because uh, uh, I mean that fi financing is difficult, you know, to get these days. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and so, uh, so I mean, Alan, you, um, 
Let me, let, let me make sure everybody knows about this grant. And the grant applies to more than my APU. It applies to some of my competitor ones, too. And, and some of us have different functionality, and, and ours, ours may not be the right solution. But the grant right now, um, it will probably end in the late first quarter next year. And it's through Cascade Sierra out on the West Coast. And uh, some people have different opinions about them, but I'm telling you, this grant is a good deal. It is a no-hassle. Everybody can get the grant approved. It pays 20%. Um, as long as your APU is shore power compatible, which most of the APUs out right now are. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure for Ed, that was just icing on the cake. He's probably been thinking about it for a while, but as soon as he got 20% from the government, kind of pushed him over the line. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say I'd rather see the federal government help people get solutions than mandate right. solutions. Well, right. and, and the, other big, the other big thing for me was is that, a lot of the other grants had so many stipulations on them where you had to be living in a certain state or you had to prove that you ran so many miles a month or something. And, and the others were that you had to have the truck titled in your name or you had to have the truck licensed in your name. And, you know, most of us leased to carriers, our, our plates are not in our names. So, you know, that that's hard for us to be able to do that, to provide to the, the requirement for the grant. So this one here, like you're saying, all it has to have is shore power, and and that's it. You just got to say, hey, my name's on the truck. You know, it's it's I'm I'm buying the truck. I, here's my paperwork. I I even had to submit my my loan papers, is is part of the part of the uh, you know to get the grant, so that they can say, okay, yeah, here's the VIN number, and here's here's my name, and everything's good to go. But yeah, it was it was really great. But the key thing too, I think, that Dynasys that me and a bunch of other friends of mine, we were talking about them. It, we don't want to have to run the engine in order to get what we need out of it. And the Dynasys does that because the Dynasys produces electricity for the uh, air conditioner. The air conditioner is alternating current powered, so there's no requirement for the engine to run for the AC to work if you have the shore power hooked in. So you don't have the engine will never have to run, and that's that's the best part about it is that uh, the engine produces electricity. That's the that was the main goal for the engine, and that that's a big deal. A lot of these others they have all kind of other stuff with the coolant, and they have to hook into the truck's coolant line, or they have to, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, just the other stuff that that just it, it was too complicated. Hey, um, oh. Alan, let let me uh, clarify a little bit what Ed's saying there. So. Okay. Um, if you have if you have a shore power APU, the air conditioner is electric. It's not belt driven. Now, the one under the hood of your car is belt driven. The one in your refrigerator is electric. So it's similar to a window unit or refrigerator style compressor. So that means if you are at a truck stop where, where it's electrified, not only can you turn off the big truck engine, you can actually turn off the APU engine, take an extension cord a pretty heavy-duty one, an extension cord, and plug it in, and you can get your air conditioning or your heat there in your cab through any shore power APU without running any diesel whatsoever. Okay, so, I mean, is this part of the, the leading-edge technology that's kind of setting your company apart? I mean, are, are you, like, the only one only one that's doing that? No, um and I want to make sure I'm not, I'm not making your, 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 your show into an advertisement, so I'm, I'm trying to stay away from things like that. But um, I know of at least two other APU companies that have shore power compatible units. Well, okay. And, 
Well, I was going to I was going to add that that the the most most of them are going all electric, which means that they have mostly all batteries and the then it has the shore power. But the one thing that we that I found important is to make sure I did have the backup engine. I want to make sure I have that engine because I don't want to have an all electric APU and then all of a sudden I have no batteries. You know, the the batteries ended up draining because of some malfunction with my engine, my big engine. So having that that engine then and I there's not very many uh like you're saying there's 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 very few that are actually providing an engine to run electricity to power the air conditioner or charge the batteries. Others are all electric. You're 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 simply if you if you can't idle run your engine all day long for for ten, eleven hours and then shut down, you get ten hours of power, well you gotta get going again. And a lot of times you, you can't do that. You know, the way the way freight rolls nowadays you you, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So it's it's safe to say you recommend it. <laughs> well, well yeah. <laughs> well yeah and it, <clears throat> And uh, and I, I do and I do recommend making sure that we were even we were even talking about trying to build our own because you, we want the engine we want the electricity we don't want to have to run the engine but you know that's that's the one thing that I think is important is to make sure that that you have that option it's it's the options that's that's the key keeping the options open. Well, I tell you what, Ed. At the beginning of the show, I was raising a question that we uh, David said would be a good question to ask a driver. So let's get back to that question, since you're a driver and you're right here on the show. So, I mean, are you are you seeing uh, what effects are you feeling out there from these anti-law uh, regulations? I mean, well, uh, yeah, I, well I was I was I was thinking about it as you were talking about that, and and I'll tell you honestly, I haven't seen any enforcement. I mean, of course, I don't run California a lot, but I do run Pennsylvania, Illinois, and a lot of that, and I don't see a lot of enforcement. But you know about that, you know, my luck, mm-hmm. I'd be the one to to get a ticket. You know, that's the kind of thing that that's my, my mentality. So I don't want to be breaking the law, and then all of a sudden I'm the only one in the whole parking lot getting a ticket because, you know, the guy decided to pick on me. So that's why it's important to make sure that you've got your ducks in a row on in that respects. Because I have not seen a lot of enforcement. Now, I'll tell you this: I have a newer truck that was certified clean idle California. So, having an idle restriction, a lot of these states are now putting that, you know, uh, where you, as long as you have the newer truck, you can idle. But if you have an older truck, you can't. A lot of these states are adding that to there that it's an exemption. And I have that that truck, the newer truck. But I'm convinced that these newer trucks with the newer technology. If they're idling, they're not burning just a gallon an hour. They're burning more because of that technology. Really? Well, I, I'm, and, I'm convinced. And, and also, I mean, uh, the newer trucks that have the urea systems, they're, they're uh, consuming that too. Exactly. Uh, I don't have the, the, uh, the DEF stuff. I don't have that. But a friend of mine, he just got a truck like that, and he's, he's, he has an APU, but he says he can watch the – Diesel exhaust fluid tank move. He can watch the needle move as he's idling. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what two sixty a gallon right there. Yeah, that, and that's cheap. Yeah, that's on the cheap side. It's more than that if you have to buy it in the containers. 
Yeah. Well, you know, David, it's like you said. I mean, anti-law rules are out there, but the states are broke. They may not be enforcing it. But like Ed said, there's a, there is that potential at any given moment to be enforced, and you could get a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, actually, so. I, I, I clearly remember, Ed, we were at Gats, and he was asking me all these questions about our company and about our product, and he was he was just chatting it up. And I had about three or four questions that I've been dying to ask a really savvy driver, you know, just like market research type questions. So I turned around, and I peppered him for 30 minutes, and he put up with me <laughs> picking his brain. So uh, that was – that was a good uh, that was a good exchange. I'm glad to hear your voice again. I'm really glad you got an AP. And one thing, I'm glad it, I'm glad it moved your. Would you say sixty something cents to forty something cents? Yeah, sixty six to forty one. And that that's why that's why uh, I was so convinced 30%. that idling those newer trucks burns so much fuel. Because <laughs> people were amazed. Because I do idle a lot. My idle percentage was up up around sixty percent. Because because I'm I'm one of those guys that gets out there and lives, and I've got to. I've got a, I've got two refrigerators. I've got the microwave. I've got the, uh, you know, the laptop and the, and the cell phones, you know, and the, and the printer and all that stuff in there. So I mean, I've got my rolling office, and it burns a lot of juice. Yeah. And and that's a typical, that's a typical truck, really. I mean. Yeah. These days, it is. Yeah, these days. These Let me days. say a point about, uh, about about an APU towards that. If you have a lot of, and I'll, I'll call it accessory load you know, microwaves and DVDs and, and refrigerators, if you have a lot of accessory load and all you're doing is inverting off the truck engine because you do not have an APU, well, first of all, you're going to start your truck periodically so your alternator can charge your batteries over and over again. But batteries have a certain amount of cycles in their life. And then, then you got to replace it. So if you're always inverting off your batteries, it's going to shorten your battery life. As well as and, your and alternator I've... has to work work harder the next day when you, when you do drive to charge it back up. And so there, there, there's another hidden savings is that when you have an APU, the energy is coming straight out of the APU engine into the APU generator, straight into the outlets that you plug your refrigerator in. So it doesn't it doesn't mess with the truck at all. I was talking to a, a woman driver a few months ago, and they were having that problem where the battery they were getting they have going through a lot of batteries, and exactly that reason. So yeah, that that inverting uh, thing, you know, it might might work, but you know, it's not very cost efficient. Yeah, well, 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 Ed, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And you know, David, I don't really look at it as a, uh, you know, advertising. I look at it like, uh, you know, we're trying to put out good, you know, good solid information out there to help drivers. And uh, one thing I did want to touch on again was uh, the financing that Dynasis offers, and I. I wanted to to make sure also, um, I mean, OIDA members can get a special uh, finance offer. I mean, just, you know, being an OIDA member, I think they have like 156000 So this is a part that I mean getting good information out there to those drivers that may not know it. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the financing. Okay. Well, then I'll, uh, I'll use that for a very brief advertisement then. Um, okay. We formed our own financing company that we own, and we only finance a, uh, our own APU, uh, nobody else's. And like you said, if you're a member of OIDA, everyone is approved. Now, depending on your credit score, there's different down payments amount and different interest rates amount, as you would expect, but everybody can get an APU. And the majority of our financing options 
require 20% down payment or less. Well, we just talked about um, the fact that there's a grant for 20%. So the majority of our customers that choose our financing don't have to have any money out of pocket to get into the APU because the grant covers it. And then second, if they're a full-time driver and uh, they're abiding by the hours of service, then the fuel savings from not idling the truck will be about double the payment for the APU. So you can get in with zero down because of the grant, and then you, you pay for the APU with the fuel savings, and you get to keep half of it. So we feel like it's a very powerful tool that we have to sell our APU, and we, we really felt like that the owner-operator segment of the market was underserved by some of our competitors. Um, and one of the biggest barriers to entry for owner-operators was, hey, I, I would love to have an APU. sounds great, but it's $7,000, $8,000 installed. And I don't know if I want to spend that much money all at once on on APU. I mean, some of them may have been wondering, I don't even know if I'll be driving in three years after, you know, let's say the recession happens again like it did in 2008. Maybe they wonder if they're going to have their mileage cut. Um, or the the available freight cut. And so with some of the uncertainty out there, it's harder for them to commit to that large purchase, take it out of their savings. So we try to devise a way that costs them nothing to get into the APU, and then the payment is just half of the fuel savings. So it's cash flow positive the moment they start using it. Yeah, I I think it's, I mean, obviously a much-needed program, just like Ed said, that was his key selling point, because, I mean, let's face it, there's, there's millions of people hurting with credit, just you know, from this recession and everything. Where um, now? How do they? How do they go about that grant you're talking about? Is there like a website? Um, Cascade Sierra um, has information on it. If you're interested in our APU, our customer service team actually handles the grant for you. They actually send you the application, help you fill it out, help you submit it, follow up with Cascade Sierra. If you're interested in one of our competitors' APUs. I wouldn't know what their process is, but um, I know that the grant source is Cascade um, Sierra. That's two words. You may can Google them. Their, I believe their headquarters is either in Northern California or in Oregon. That helps those who are doing Google searches. Okay. Well, I would suggest the best way is just go through Hodjohn, let them handle all the paperwork. Now, they can go to Hodjohn.com, H-O-D-Y-O-N.com, and uh, is there like a toll-free number they can, they can just call you direct? Sure, it's 1-800-289-8282. Okay, yeah, that would uh, that's 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 a uh, just really a great deal there. So I tell you what, I got to take a quick break, and we'll return with our guest David Hancock of Hodjohn.com. And uh, I may put him on the spot here a little bit when we come back. I'm going to talk to him about some reviews of the Dynasys APU that I found online. I'm going to see if he is aware of this website. It's nothing terrible. So don't don't start squirming or anything, but uh, I'll um, put him on the spot here a little bit, ask him some questions about some reviews that I found about about Dynasys APU. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one truth about trucking live. Don't go anywhere. Alan will be right back.
away from a cell phone. Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand. Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking brand. From a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on us The trucking brand On oh, the trucking brand Drivers and motor carriers face stricter guidelines than within the industry. It's never been more important to stay up to date on the ever-changing regulations and, most importantly, to always operate in compliance with those safety standards. Trans Products and Trans Services is a full-service transportation material compliance supply and regulatory service provider in business since 1957. For over 50 years, Trans Products and Trans Services has been working for drivers and motor carriers and assuring that you are always current and in compliance with all FMCSA regulations. So you'll have an entire regulatory agency working just for you. From logbook auditing to driver qualifications, file management, fuel tax and UCR filings, permit applications, on-site compliance assistance and excellent technical service, Trans Products and Trans Services will provide the what, when, why, and how to comply without total interruption of your daily operation. So for more information on how you can have Trans Products and Trans Services working for you, give them a call at 1-800-367-9100. That's toll-free, 1-800-367-9100, or find them on the web at transproducts.com. All right, we're back with David Hancock, CEO of Hodjohn Incorporated, Hodjohn.com, manufacturer of the Dynasys APU. And uh, David, did I get you squirming a little bit there right there at the end? Oh, uh, I, I just you know, went and <laughs> no. made like three, three bottles of wine, so I'm doing fine. Now. <laughs> no, doing great. No, it's not that bad. I was doing some research online. I wanted to, you know, read some reviews of. Um, Dynasis APU and uh, did, are are have you heard or are aware of the? Uh, it's a website. It's called truckapureview.com. Yeah, I'm 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 aware of that. Okay, well, I mean, that's why I said it wasn't all that terrible. I mean, right now they have uh, five APUs up there. I guess the five main APUs up there, and uh, Dynasis is ranked number one out of the five, and they have a four out of five star rating. And uh, you can, uh, I put the uh, reviews up in the chat room. You can go to truckapureview.com forward slash dynasis dash APU. And, and they're all great reviews. Like I said, you know, you're ranked number one up there. Um, the two things that kept coming up, and the only reason, I, I just wanted you to be able to respond to it. Uh, the, the two things that I noticed some of them were talking about, uh, was like the fan blower on the Dynasys APU, and uh, it's not really a bad thing. I mean, it says it, it pushes the air so so hard. I mean, it, it works great, and they're only saying that it, it could possibly use a different setting, like a medium setting, and I mean, one of the drivers that was riding on there, you know, he just said it pushes the air so hard uh, they could use a medium setting button, 
uh, you know, but he's still ranked it far superior from all other APUs. I mean, are y'all do y'all look at these reviews? Do y'all take that stuff into consideration? Or would you consider uh, following up with these drivers' comments about adding a medium setting? I mean, it, it sounds so trivial to me, but uh, it, you know, it, it's something that the drivers are saying. Well, sure. Um, well, first of all, a little background. We are an ISO certified company. Uh, ISO is a manufacturing certification that basically says you have good process control, that you, that you document things right, that if you write a process down, you follow it. And we, we, we've been ISO certified since, I think, 2007. Well, part of the ISO process is what's called engineering change review, which is a constant process of looking at ways to make it wider, better, faster, stronger, looking at the customer feedback on things that they would like to see and what does it take to incorporate that. And, of course, if we did have a problem, you know, suddenly all the units had the alternator going out, we're going to throw uh, making the alternator better into our engineering sure. change review process. So I'm going to call that ECR. It's the, it's, it's the ECR process. And actually, um, so we have our own custom controller that controls the APU um, all, all the functionality, which obviously includes the air conditioning uh, box as well. And it, it looks like an iPhone screen. It, it, it's all software-based. And there's actually um, a USB port in the bottom, so if we update the software, we can email out the software updates. And um, there is a medium button, but only on manual setting. And there's an automatic setting, which says, hey, I, I don't want to mess with it. I want it to be 70 degrees in my cab all the time. And if it's 80 degrees outside, it turns the air conditioner on. If it's 60 degrees outside, it turns the heater on. And to so we are in control at that point of the air conditioner, both whether it's on heat or cool or what speed setting it's on. So it takes an algorithm to do that. Well, in our algorithm, we thought it was best to get to the set point as fast as possible. And so we said, hey, turn that blower on really high whenever you have a long ways to go. Like let's say you need 20 degrees. You need to get from 90 to 70. So at that point, the driver is not in charge. At that point, it's the, uh, the settings taking over. And there have been some complaints about how that algorithm works. And even more than just you know, having a medium speed, there's some people that would like to see it, um, it have maybe more specific cutoff points, meaning if it, if it hits 68, does it, does it cut off, or does it go to 67, and then it cuts off if you have it set at 70, because you don't want it cycling on and off all the time. You want it to pull past the set point a certain amount. So we're actually um, rewriting part of that code right now, but that is just not an overnight process. You start rewriting some of the software code, you have to do a tremendous amount of testing. You may change the code and then have some other unintended consequence that you haven't <clears> thought of because you're changing the code. So I would okay. say it's probably two to three months out. I want to be realistic before we release a new code that deals with the algorithm when it's on automatic um, climate control, how the unit behaves. And um, so if anybody has any more feedback that has a unit, we, we would love to hear it. In fact, we're in the process of setting up an advisory board of owner-operators just so we can ask them these type of questions. If no, we'll make assumptions on how a driver thinks or how we how we think a driver thinks, but then when we put it in the field, they react differently. 
But uh, I guess right. you know, long answer. But the short of it is, is we we do have an engineering change process. Part of that process is customer feedback. But some of the changes we don't want to make just overnight without testing them. And so the the uh, the marketplace sometimes sees change slow, but we also want to get it right. Well, that's one thing I wanted to point out because you'll be surprised at how many CEOs and presidents and vice presidents of companies I talk with, and I bring stuff up like this, and they're totally unaware, but I just wanted to point, I wanted to make a point that, you know, you guys are on top of this. I mean, when when I really expected you, when I said, uh, when I asked you if you had heard of truckapureview.com, I was really surprised that you said yes, because most of the CEOs and things that I asked don't don't uh you know they're they're totally clueless but you guys are on top of it and the the other only issue that i saw and uh and, and again you know the dynasis on on this one website is ranked number 1 and the only other uh the only other thing that i saw was some of them were talking about that the unit could be a little noisy and and yet at the same time they said you know we still rank it far superior and you know they wouldn't give up the Dynasys APU for anything, and one driver was saying maybe maybe putting some kind of type of muffler on there, uh, for you know whatever noise that they're talking about. Have have you ran across that? I guess that would fall under the same kind of guidelines that you were talking about the fan blower. Yeah, um, so we actually have um, a pretty pretty big muffler on it, and it's still loud. Um, and uh, so noise, to some extent, is a product of functionality. Um, one of my competitors doesn't have a generator at all. Well, theirs is kind of quiet. Another one of our competitors has a 4-kilowatt generator. Well, we have a 6-kilowatt generator. So the more stuff you put on there and the more functionality you get, the more noise it's going to make. Now, we're co- trying to combat that all the time. Um, and we actually have released a change that, that will be going into production pretty soon that puts what's called, a, uh, it's called an intake resonator. Uh, and, it, and it will drop the decibels probably one or two. But our goal is to drop it about five or six over the next few engineering changes. Don't know if we'll be able to get there. Like I said, part of this is inherent. If you want an APU that has an air conditioner and a heater and a generator and, and uh, is independent from the truck, it means, it means it needs to have its own fans, its own radiator, its own cooling system. There is a bit of a trade-off. So some, yeah. of our, some, of the, some of the competition integrates with the truck's coolant system. That means they don't have their own radiator. They're using the truck's radiator and the truck's antifreeze, and they tie their radiator hoses into the truck system. Well, that's a lot quieter APU. But the difference is, is if there's a problem with the APU, you could take down the truck and disable the truck. Ours is completely independent. So you have redundancy. If your truck breaks, your APU works. If your APU breaks, your truck works. And so noise is part of that trade-off on functionality. Right. And I think they'll take the noise over the, the function any day. Well, it would be great if we could get it quiet and keep all the functionality, and we're working hard on it. Yeah, I mean, those are just two of the, really the only two minor things that I saw come up. And, again, like I said, the reviews uh, – uh, they weren't they weren't going to give it up anyway, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to address those. So let's go to uh, Colorado. Uh, I have a caller from area code 303. Uh, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, Alan and Donna, nice to speak to you again. This is Rick Ash calling. 
Oh, hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm good. How you been? Uh, doing just fine on my way to Indiana at the moment. David, uh, I spoke to you at the social media conference. I'm the one that's been dealing with Josh over at Rush Peterbilt in Denver. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I do remember that. Okay. Um, I've pretty much decided that I would like to buy this unit. The problem is I haven't been able to speak to anybody who has one. I know that your previous caller gave me some feedback uh, on on uh, Alan and Donna's Facebook page, but I have a couple of questions for you. First one is, how much fuel does the unit burn when it's running off the diesel per hour versus, you know, like most of the time you figure a gallon an hour when the when the unit when you're idling your truck. How much does the Dynasys use uh, in diesel fuel per hour? Okay, well the answer is partly dependent on how much stuff you plug into it. The more load you put on it, the more fuel it's going to use. Um, if, if someone's kind of a light user, maybe uh, they have a laptop and a refrigerator, but they're not running, um, you know, concert in the back of their truck, and they're using the air conditioning appropriately, I would say the average is probably 0.3 gallons per hour. And the reason I use the word average is when you have the, the air conditioner going full, Blast or the heater going full blast, it uses about 0.37 to 0.38. But as you know, like if you're at your home and you, and you set your thermostat in the wall, and it, your air conditioner will come on until it reaches the set point, and it'll turn off for some period of time, then it'll turn back on again. And so it really depends on 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 your behavior. If if you set your set point where your air conditioner runs 10 minutes on and then 10 minutes off and then 10 minutes on, you'll be at about a 0.3 average. If you set it on 59 and you're in Phoenix, it's going to use more fuel. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then the second question I had is when the unit is installed in my truck and I've got a Freightliner Classic condo, um, the cold air and the heat air, uh, is that coming into my truck from the unit that gets installed under my sleeper bunk or does the air come into the truck at some other location? The air comes in under the sleeper. The return air is in the HVAC box, which goes under the sleeper bunk. Uh, we, I don't know of anyone that's created a system to get outside of air in. Of course, you'd have to cut a hole somewhere in your, in your cab, and uh, that would be tricky. But uh, right now, I think everyone, myself and all our competitors, just use return air that's already in the cap. Okay, okay. so is, is, it, is it being piped into my truck through existing ductwork, say from my sleeper bunk blower, or is there separate ductwork that gets installed? Uh, we ship it with separate ducting and, and, and separate louvers. We have three exit ports on our HVAC box that you can run ducting and install our vent anywhere you want. However, some of our dealers and some of our customers want it tied in either partially or completely with existing truck um, sleeper ducking. There, there are pros and cons to that, and I would say that's a conversation to have with someone who is an installer, a technician, uh, to go over that with you. Okay, I will do that then. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. <clears throat> Uh, all right. 
David, what's uh, what's probably the most common question you, you you're receiving from drivers? I mean, would, do you do you know? I mean, are uh, I, I guess you probably get hounded by so many questions, but is there like one one most common question you hear a lot of, lot about? I don't know if it's the most common one, but it is one that we haven't discussed tonight, and that is company stability and product durability. Um, there have been a lot of people when they looked at this space to see statistics like a million trucks on the road, 10% of them, 15% of them have uh, an APU installed. They think, my goodness, that's a billion-dollar marketplace. I'm going to go make an APU in my garage, and I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to become rich. And if you go year by year, through the directory of the Mid-American Truck Show or the Great American Truck Show, you'll see 15 APU companies and 10 of them are new every year. And so I think that there's some skepticism behind um, just those two words, company stability and product durability. And while we've only been making an APU, well, we designed it in 2008 and making it a couple of years, we are a 20-year-plus company that's been doing manufacturing for a long time. And so that, that's one way I try to ease people's mind. And then, uh, just like Rick was saying, you could tell he put value on talking to other people that have had experiences, both negative or positive, with APUs. And so I would encourage people to, to talk to other drivers. They can call our customer service department, and they can, they can give them references. They can go to the website, the, 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 the truck APU review website you mentioned. I'm sure they could contact you, and you put them in touch with, you know, chat forums on the web or different things to talk about it. But um, I, I get hounded pretty good. Is your product, it, it, it's great. I bolted on, it gets cold, this is great. I heard Ed, he called, he saved 20 cents um, per mile the first month. But what is what happens when it's when you're month 20? What happens when you're month 30? Is it still right. going to work? Are you still going to be around? Are you going to support the product? So that is an area that we do have to have a lot of discussions in. Well, what about um, uh, drivers might be, you know, uh, I've heard from some drivers who are real interested in the Dynasys. Their con- one of their concern was, um, well, what about if they need repairs? What about dealerships? Uh, I mean, are the dealership and repair service station, I mean, are they going to be, uh, is it going to be readily available to them? Uh, I mean, I would think, uh, I mean, do, are are you in every state, or how's that going to work if somebody doesn't? I mean, if some, if a driver breaks down in, um, uh, oh, I don't know anywhere. I mean, Pennsylvania. Is there a, uh, is there someone there that can work on the dynasis? Man, I'm glad you said Pennsylvania because we have 11 locations in Pennsylvania. If you were oh, in really? Idaho, I'd have been in trouble because I don't have anybody in Idaho. But, <laughs> um, uh, so that is probably um, our most important initiative we have at the company right now. So a year ago, we had, I think, 12 dealers, and now we have 65, I believe, and we have a few people that have submitted applications, but we haven't processed them yet. We'll be up around 70 by year end. Our goal is to get to about 100. We feel like to take that part of the conversation away, to to, to take away the conversation of what happens if something goes wrong, how far do I have to travel to get it repaired, we think 100 is sort of the magic number there. As you can see, we've made tremendous progress in the last year. We're almost there. We have one guy on our staff. His full-time job is dealer acquisition. So um, we're not where we want to be. We're close, and, and we fully understand 
but that is a, a huge variable in the decision-making process of an APU because it is an engine, and it has belts, and it has filters, and it has oil, and it has moving parts, and while we think we have the best parts in it, the alternator can break, the starter can break, just like it can on any car or truck out there. Sure. So we need to have the network in place. If that does happen, it's, it's, it's the least amount of disruption as possible because it's not like when your car breaks and you go sit in the waiting room and you read a book while they fix it. These are revenue-generating vehicles. These are these people's jobs and livelihoods that are using our APU. And so if, 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 if we take them down for an hour, that's an hour of revenue they lost. Right. Well, I know that would just be that was probably when I first, uh, you know, first started researching the Dynasys and your company. That was just the first thing that came in my mind because I thought, well, what if I, you know, what if I break down in, you know, anywhere USA, um, am I going to be able to get help? So I, I knew you'd been growing. I hadn't heard the numbers of of dealerships that you had achieved so far, though. But y'all are working on it. We're working on it. It is. It is a difficult process because when you're negotiating with someone to be your dealer, every single one of them has different points that they want to negotiate. One guy wants to negotiate price, one guy wants to negotiate stock level, one guy wants to negotiate cooperative advertising in his region. And so it's just a lot of conversations and it's a lot of effort. Yeah, well, I tell you. Um, all right, well, uh, Donna, are you still there? Or Donna. Oh, yeah. No, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I, I had the mute on because um, I was making a little bit of noise over here. So. You're making a lot of noise. <laughs> oh, well, I, I didn't want to shut you out. I didn't know if you had anything, any questions or anything. Um, no, uh, that was one of my questions was the um, dealerships. And uh, I don't know. I mean, to go from 12 to, to 70, it's, um, <laughs> that's quite impressive, <laughs> that's David, cool. I have to tell you. <laughs> Well, a year ago we had two salespeople, and now we have seven. So uh, we've also spent a good bit of money uh, achieving that number as well. Yeah, I guess we should say you're 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 based out of Round, Round Rock, Texas, correct? Actually, we just moved a month ago, uh, about 20 miles away, to a little town called Cedar Park, Texas. And oh, okay. City of, and since the city of Cedar Park gave us some money to move in, I probably should give a shout out to them that we are no longer in Round Rock; we are in Cedar Park. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad I brought that up. So, and you're going to be at Matt's, right, uh, David? Yes, um, we have a large booth both at Matt's and at Gats every year, and then at the Great West Truck Show, we usually just have a table. Oh, okay, but Matt's is the big one, huh? Yeah, it's the big one. Okay, I know we were talking uh, about a show out there with you guys, so that would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. If we okay, well, David, listen, man, we want – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I'm just done. saying we're winding down here. I mean, I want, to, I want to give you the opportunity to get in, you know, any information that, you know, maybe I've forgotten or anything. I'll give you the last word here. I mean, is there anything we missed, anything, you know, vital information for the drivers and fleet owners out there that you wanted to make sure to get a point across? Well, I think we covered it, and um, we'll we'll continue to try to put out a good product, and we'll also continue to try to be – part of the conversation about the issues that are relevant. You know, you and I were just exchanging emails uh, two weeks ago about um, John Rockefeller pushing back against Mexican trucking and, and, and things like that. And so um, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be part of the conversation. And, well, we uh, appreciate um, to let the, our audience know um, 
David stays really on top of uh, the legislation for for truckers. Uh, so he'll he'll send different things to us. You know, did you hear about you know different things with Jason's law or Mexican truckers? So we really appreciate that very much. And um, yeah, actually, I, think I, I think I did that announcement about uh, Rockefeller. I think I read read part of that letter actually that you had sent us because it was pretty it was pretty impressive. <clears throat> it was the letter to Secretary LaHood, right? Yes. <clears throat> and. Uh, you know, th- these things are important uh, when when we have sponsors that they take uh, a sincere interest in in the things that are so important to us. So I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. Okay. Well, David, let's see. I got I got time. You got time for one more caller? Shoot. Yeah. Let's get this caller up here. He's been on hold for a little bit. Uh, I think right here in Florida, area code eight one three. So uh, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Darcy. How are you? Darcy. Oh, hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I I I just came in on the conversation, and I'm I am real interested in getting an APU. I was just wondering how comparative price is, um, that you are to like a Thermal King or something like that. Um, our our unit is probably slightly cheaper than a Thermal King, um, but it, it's pretty much the pretty much all the same. Um, now, our unit is very different from the Thermal King in its functionality. So um, I would recommend you really looking at our functionality and looking at their functionality because each of us go about heating and cooling and providing power in a very different way. Thermal King is probably the most different designed APU from from our design as any of our competitors. Right. Well, I'm going to get online and learn all about you because you, you do sound like um, something very, something that I would be very interested in. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Darcy. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Thanks for calling. And, and uh, uh, yeah, just go to hotjohn.com and you can read all about it. And uh, like I said, you can read the reviews on truckapureview.com. And uh, you can see yourself that the Dynasys APU is uh, ranking, at this time, ranking number one out of the top five uh, APUs. So uh, check that site out, too, Darcy. Appreciate your calling. And, and um, all right, David, well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on the show. And, again, uh, I guess the best way for drivers or fleet owners to learn more about the Dynasys APU is uh, right to your website. Yeah, uh, of course, they can also call us. And uh, pretty much anybody that answers the phone will be an APU expert and be glad to help them. Okay, and, and uh, your toll-free number again? 1-800-289-8282. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on the show again. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, check it out, uh, Dynasys APU, hotjohn.com. And uh, Donna, um, hey, it was a good show. Yeah, it was a great show, and, uh, you know, I, I I get a lot of people who, you know, say positive things, and actually, you know, it's usually in our timeline, and there's a lot of positive things, but our timeline moves so fast that when you go to try to find a conversation, you know, it, it, it's kind of lost, so... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I went earlier to try to find some of those conversations, but I couldn't. But uh, most most of the comments um, are pretty positive. So, 
uh, I'm really, you know, I'm really happy with that and uh, impressed with the way with the way they do business, which is so important to us. Yeah, they're good people, and you know, like I said, this show a lot about this show is about putting out, you know, the correct and good information that'll help drivers and and fleet owners out there, and uh, they they have a good thing. And again, you know, if you're an OIDA member, uh, you have um, uh, two uh, discount programs with OIDA, and uh, all OIDA members are pre-approved regardless of credits. So uh, that's one thing I like about Hajjan is that they they're making it accessible for drivers. So uh so we appreciate it so um and listen i want to give a give another shout out to our uh, most recent sponsor um eight hour day energy dot uh, com um, ultimate energy drink you know the trucker lifestyle sometimes you just got to have that little boost and a lot of the drivers out there i know grab up these energy drinks and sometimes uh, i never did i always was worried about what was in it and was it good for me you know and all that kind of stuff but um if you're looking for a looking to find an energy drink that not only gives you the ultimate energy but comes with a health boost as well, you can do that with Eight Hour Day Energy, and it's the ultimate energy drink with a health boost. It's not just another energy drink; it's a healthy alternative. And Eight Hour Day Energy advises that it is the perfect all-in-one nutritional and energy supplement that is packed with over 140 nutritional ingredients, and it has antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and super fruits, and the list goes on and on, and and it's all packed in a two-ounce bottle to help boost your immune system. It supports heart health, aids in eye maintenance, nervous system, as well as mental alertness, and it provides all of this with a lasting energy, and it doesn't give you those jitters or crashes like a lot of those energy drinks can do and donna tried it and she liked it and so listen we want to tell you to visit their website to grab your supply and for more information at eight hour day com. that's the number eight hour h-o-u-r day energy.com and it's made for the long haul so check it out make the switch today check them out at eight hour day com. and well we'll be taking a thanksgiving break so our next show will be on thursday december 1st 2011 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time with our guests Lucinda Coulter and Todd Dills, editors of the Overdrive magazine, continuing the uh, celebration of the magazine's 50th year anniversary, and we'll be discussing the history of the owner-operator. So it's going to be a great show, so be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites so you can be notified of our show schedule. And thanks again for sharing a little bit of your time with us this evening. Be sure to check out the Dynasys APU at hotjohn.com. And we're going to leave you with professional truck driver Tony Justice from his newest album, On the Road. Check out this fellow driver at ReverbNation.com forward slash Trucker Justice. So here's Tony Justice from the On the Road album with Trick My Truck. So until next time. For Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruthAboutTrucking.com, and, of course, Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. She's huffing and puffing and taking her own sweet time. Running me way behind Sleep lost a corner in a jackknife my trailer last year 
beat all to hell and hung up in damn six gear. I wish somebody would trick my truck, cause it's broker than you know what. It's waking louder than a rubber duck. Ain't nothing but I still get stuck. This thing's slower than a one-wheel drive. Can't even get it up to Well, one of them number system bed jobs for my back and a DVD. Beads to cover up the master suite and a big old flat screen TV. <laughs> Ain't gonna be an HD, but it'd be nice if it was. Just give me flames and chrome. Make it go faster than it does I wish somebody would trick my truck Cause it's broker than you know what Squeaking louder than a rubber duck Ain't nothing but I still get stuck This thing's slower than a one-wheel drive Can't even get it up to 45 Come on, show me some love They just keep on trucking while they sticker and wait. I send the smoke signals, I'm the laughing stop. I just hope I make it to the pilot parking lot. This thing is slower than my two. Can't even get it up to 45 Come on, show me some love Somebody trick my truck I guess I'm just all out of luck Y'all to trick my truck With some new tires something Horn to blow Some them chrome knobs I love that song. 